Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, South Africa and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we ask who have been the best African players in the English Premier League this season. As well as Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah, there are plenty of others worth a mention and a few disappointments too. Plus, we speak to Nigeria and Arsenal forward Alex Iwobi. He tells us how it is working with manager Unai Emery. Demanded a lot from us this season, especially even in training and matches, but you can see we're enjoying playing under him and Hopefully we'll be able to get that top four for, for the team, for the players and also for the fans. And also Stuart's thoughts on the English Premier League title race. Will Manchester City slip up with just two games to go? That's coming up. But first, the second legs of the semi-finals of the CAF Champions League are on this Saturday. Five-time champions TP Mazembe host the holders Esperance of Tunisia in Lubumbashi in DR Congo. Esperance holding a slender 1-0 lead from the first leg. South Africa's Mamelodi Sundowns play at home to 2017 champions Widat Casablanca of Morocco. Sundowns in a pretty good position as they got an away goal in the first leg as Widad won 2-1. Both, though, look to be very tight contests. And congratulations to Cameroon for winning the Under-17 Africa Cup of Nations, beating Guinea on penalties after a 0-0 draw. Interesting that the semi-finals also were decided on penalties after 0-0 draws. And interesting to see that while the host nation Tanzania went out at the group stage, one of their players has been named in Tanzania's squad for the senior Africa Cup of Nations in Egypt. Their Nigerian coach Emmanuel Amunike has included 15-year-old Kelvin John Pierce in his initial 39-man squad. And talking of the Africa Cup of Nations, the video assistant referee technology will be there from the quarter-final stage onwards uh, for the first time at the Nations Cup. Indeed, the only other times the VAR has been used in CAF competitions was in the finals of the Champions League and the Confederation Cup last year. So it's coming closer is the Africa Cup of Nations finals in Egypt. We'll be building up to it here on the show. Now, we've had a chance to speak to Nigeria and Arsenal forward Alex Iwobi. He'll be going to the Nations Cup for the first time. Before that, though, fighting for a top four finish with the Gunners in the Premier League. Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Okaleji spoke to Iwobi and first asked about the road to the Nations Cup finals. Um, well, it's been starting from the first time we played South Africa at home. Even though we had a difficult campaign, we were able to top the group. But yeah... We're going to prepare, we've done well to end on a high being Seychelles, so we're looking forward to going to the African Cup of Nations. You must be buzzing, it's going to be your first AFCON for Nigeria. Dream come true, hopefully. Um, hopefully, I've always dreamt of winning it, but the fact that I'm even representing my country, I've had dreams of that too, so I'm always proud and honoured to wear the green-white-green. Nigeria fans are highly demanding. I mean, you played against Seychelles in your last qualifier, they still want more goals despite winning 3-1. Yeah, I mean, of course, that's the mentality, not just Nigerians, but everyone want to win, as, win the game with as many goals as you can. But it was very difficult. They were able to defend really well, but we have to give them credit. But we were still able to come on top and get three goals. Talking about demands, you play for one of the clubs in world football with a high number of fans asking too many questions. Arsenal fans, very demanding and all that. As a young player, how do you deal with pressure from Arsenal fans? 
Um, well, it depends. Everyone's different, but me, I'm mentally strong enough to. Obviously, everyone gets criticized. Everyone's entitled to have their own opinions, but I don't really look at that. I don't try to dwell on the negatives. I try to see the positives as much as I can. If I make a mistake, I try to use it as a lesson so I can try and improve and better myself. But yeah, we have we have a lot of fans. We have a lot of good fans as well. So yeah, Arsenal's a great club to be at. Talking about handling, the, um, I mean, the sort of pressure and the criticism and all of that. You have you have come in for a mix of both this season, praised at the same time vilified by fans. I mean, do you understand why? <laughs> no, but they are entitled for, to their own opinion. I'm just happy with the progress I've made this season. I'll be able to get more goals than I have in the previous seasons. I've got a few more assists as well. So as long as I'm progressing and I'm trying to do my best for the team, that's what really matters. For the first time in the history of the Premier League, fourth place seems to be like it's going to be down to the wire. You look at the top two as well. Arsenal, Ron, you think you guys can finish in the top four? Um, yeah, we have a set target and hopefully we can achieve that. We're not really looking at the other teams or trying to focus on ourselves. But yeah, it's looking very achievable right now. But we have to concentrate and knuckle down until the end of the season. Coach Unai Emery, his fourth season in the Premier League, fans... They, they, they forget it's just only his fourth season. The demands are so high for him and even the play, his players. Um, of course, I mean, everyone wants the results to come in thick and fast, but we've adapted to his, what he's demanding and we're really proud to play under him. He's demanded a lot from us this season, especially even in training and matches, but you can see we're enjoying playing under him and hopefully we'll be able to get that top four for, for the team, for the players and also for the fans. We look at the Arsenal team lineup nowadays and of course the squad, you see some young players coming through the, the youth setup. Some of them you know quite well. Arsenal going back to the basic where how things were back in the day. Um, yeah, it's nice to see that we have a lot of young players coming through. It's also good that it shows that Arsenal are able to produce and develop players at such a young age and bring them through to the first team. But yeah, they, they do well in training. I'm sure they'll have a lot more opportunities. But also I'd like to give credit to the more senior, senior players. They also talk to them also they even help me even me I'm I wouldn't say I'm a senior player but I'm even trying to advise them as well but yeah it's good it's like one big family so everyone's always helping each other well we'll see if Arsenal do get that Champions League slot uh, that was recorded before they completed that uh, sequence of three defeats in a row still though in with a chance of the top four finish uh, well Stuart how would you assess uh, Iwobi's season with the Gunners Alex Iwobi has had a solid season for Arsenal he started 19 league games and come off the bench another 12 times. So that means he's been involved in 31 of Arsenal's 35 league games. He scored three goals in the Premier League, plus two cup goals. Four years ago, he made his debut for Arsenal, and you could say that he's got more game time with each passing season. It is the nature of the Premier League that no one plays every week. Arguably, Arsenal's two best players this season have been Aubameyang and Lacazette, with over 30 league goals between them, but neither of them is guaranteed a starting place. Alex Iwobi has proved that he's got what it takes to be an important member of the Arsenal squad and often a starting player. And remember, he's only 22, so there's a lot more to come. Sure, a great future ahead for Alex Iwobi. Well, our main business on Planet Sport Football Africa this week is to assess the African players in the English Premier League this season, with the league ending next weekend. I guess you you wouldn't put Iwobi among the most outstanding, but uh, take us through your top Africans this season. Liverpool would not be in contention for the league title or for anything else, really, without 
the 40-plus African goals that have been scored. And it's been great to see Mo Salah and Sadio Mane each passing the 20-league goal mark. I've commented previously how ridiculous I think it is that people are criticising Salah for not scoring enough goals. OK, he scored 32 league goals last season, but that was a bit special. And frankly, by most people's standards, 20 is a pretty good haul for a league season. OK, it includes penalties. But then you could also say that Mane and Salah have scored vital goals in the Champions League, helping Liverpool to reach the semi-final. So, in looking for outstanding African performances this season, I think you have to start with the Liverpool strikers. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has also had an excellent season for Arsenal, currently on 19 league goals. Again, that includes a few penalties. And he did score two goals for Arsenal against Tottenham, that is uh, Arsenal's great North London rivals. So that is something which will certainly endear him to the supporters. And there's been a great variation in the way he scores his goals. Sometimes a real poacher's goal. Other times using his pace to create the opportunity. Being in the right position and often linking up with his fellow striker Lacazette. And then the goal he scored last month when Arsenal beat Watford 1-0, will never win goal of the season, but it gained Arsenal three points and was down to a piece of brilliant quick thinking when he noticed that the Watford goalkeeper Ben Foster was hesitating, rushed in and tackled Foster, deflecting the ball into the net. And as someone once said, it's not how, but how many. Then I would include in my list of Africans who've had good seasons, the two Wilfreds. Wilfred Saha has been excellent for Crystal Palace. Nine goals in just over 30 starts. And I think you could say it's harder to score goals for Crystal Palace as they battle at the bottom third of the table than to score for Liverpool, who are frankly scoring for fun. And incidentally, a curious statistic is that Palace have only lost once when Zaha has scored. Wilfred Ndidi has had another solid season with Leicester City, always in the starting lineup, and he's only 22. And it's been a really difficult period for Leicester City with the tragic death of the owner and yet another change of manager. But Ndidi has proved his worth and has held his place despite all these changes. An honourable mention for Saul Bamba, the Ivorian at Cardiff City. While he's a defender, he scored four goals in a struggling Cardiff City team this season. But as we praise African players, I think we have to acknowledge that there have been some disappointments. Fulham's Jean Serri scored a spectacular goal for the new club in August but recently the Ivorian has lost his starting place and is often on the bench. And similarly, Fulham's Ibrahim Sisse from Guinea, Neskin's Kebana from DR Congo and Floyd Aiti from Togo have frankly struggled for first-team appearances in a Fulham team, which of course has been relegated.
And again at the beginning of the season, we commented with some excitement on Brighton's strong African contingent. There was Gaetan Bon from Cameroon, or Yves Bizuma from Mali, Leon Balagun from Nigeria. But none of those have really made any impact in the season. Remember Kelechi Ihenecho scoring eight goals for Manchester City as a teenager. But since his transfer to Leicester City, he's simply struggled to get playing time and is rarely in the starting lineup. And we've previously commented on how Riyad Mahrez's move from Leicester to Manchester City has certainly helped his bank balance, but he too has struggled for playing time and is simply not in the city best starting eleven. So difficult times for him, difficult times for some African players, but others have had really good and satisfying seasons. Yes, absolutely. A few disappointments there for sure, and many good performers. Uh, Solomon, take us through, let's say, your top three performers and your three biggest African disappointments this season in the English Premier League. I'll definitely go for uh, Sadio Mane. He's been a workhorse. You know, last season we saw what he could do uh, in as much as didn't get enough goals, but he created so much opportunities. He's running into spaces and also assist. And his uh, combative, uh, you know, approach to uh, to matches has really helped uh, Liverpool to be where they are today, uh, right up there. He's outshined Mohamed Salah a little bit. Uh, but in, in second place for me, the second best performing African player, believe it or not, I would take Crystal Palace, Wolfred Zaha. 34 matches in total, 13 goals and uh, uh, three assists. You know, Zaha is, is such an, an extraordinary player and I feel he's the kind of player that in as much as he's playing in a team like Crystal Palace, which is a team, a mid-table team type, uh, so he has to be outstanding and for him to produce this number of goals and this kind of performance and assist, it says quite a lot. And finally, my number three best is uh, Mohamed Salah, not as consistent as last season. A lot was expected of him, uh, but I didn't think he disappointed. He has been showing that, you know, he's not a fly-by-night, a one-season wonder, and he has produced lots and lots of goals and a lot and lots of inspiration also. My uh, three players, African players, who have not done so well during the season, number one must be Riyad Mahrez. I feel the £60 million that was paid for him last season by Manchester City, he's not been able to justify it. You know, coming into a team where Raheem Sterling, you know, reigns supreme, and then there is Bernardo Silva, it's always been difficult for him to break in and to consistently feature in the team. So we haven't seen, seen, seen quite a bit of him. I don't even want to go into his statistics. We all know that he's not been... He's not performed well. Very difficult for him to break into the team, coming in as a sub most of the time and getting to play a few cup games and a few uh, matches during the season. I feel he's really disappointed. Uh, the second player who really disappointed, I would say, is Kalechi Ahinecho. With Man City, a lot of people thought he's not been given the opportunity because of the 
quality. And he came to Leicester, uh, but he's not been still not been consistent, not been able to break through. I don't know, you know, I, I feel that he needs to mature in his game. I feel that he needs to be able to be decisive. He needs to grow, basically. And then finally is Leon Balogu, uh, the Brighton uh, defender who, who left the German Bundesliga coming in here, playing for Nigeria. A lot was suspected of him tall. Uh, I feel he's not been able to justify his inclusion for a team that's been struggling relegation for most uh, part of the second half of the season and uh, he he should have been one of the players that would go in there and make a difference well thanks solomon yeah part of that problem i think for leon balagan at brighton as much as they have struggled uh, throughout the second half of the season their strongest point is the center back pairing of lewis dunk and shane duffy so it's been very hard for balagan to break up that partnership Well, we'd love to know your thoughts on this. Who do you think have been the best Africans in the English Premier League this season? And also any who've really disappointed for you. So on social media, on Facebook, our Facebook page is Planet Sport Football Africa. You can post your comment there or send us a comment on WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Who have been your best Africans in the Premier League this season? And perhaps any players who might have really disappointed you. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programmes in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. You can listen to on our New Look website, which is planetsport.tv. Our other shows are there. That's Planet Sport and the Planet Sport Rugby podcast. You can read interviews, too, with various sports stars such as Cameroon's Collins Fai and Brazil great Kaká. Uh, plus pictures and profiles of the whole team in the About Us section. That's on our New Look website, planetsport.tv. Well, now we turn to social media and last Sunday Liverpool defender Virgil van Dijk won the English PFA Player of the Year award. This is the most prestigious award in the English Premier League. It's voted for by the players themselves. Africans had won two of the last three awards but Liverpool's Senegal striker Sadio Mane didn't win although he was on the six-man shortlist this time around. The other players were Manchester City's Bernardo Silva, Raheem Sterling and Sergio Aguero and also Chelsea's Eden Hazard. Hazard. So last week we asked, who do you think deserves to win it? So these comments were before the award was handed out. And on Facebook first, Abli Osise in the Gambia says, despite being a staunch Mancunian, I won't hesitate to give the accolade to Virgil van Dijk. He's been instrumental at the heart of Liverpool's defence all season and most of their recorded clean sheets were spearheaded by the lanky Dutch defender. He indeed deserves it, says Abli. Kirk Madonna in South Africa agreed and Hatab Sambu in the Gambia went for Raheem Sterling. Moses Al-Hakim in the Gambia uh, said Sadio Mane and Lukman Kushimo went for Eden Hazard. On WhatsApp, Samba Jao in the Gambia said all of the players mentioned had very good seasons, but personally I'd give it to Raheem Sterling. He's demonstrated his skills over the course of the season and has developed into a mature and responsible player. Mohamed also in the Gambia agrees, saying Sterling deserves the PFA Player of the Year award. He's been sensational for both club and country, and he's been improving in every game, so I believe he definitely deserves it. Uh, Mamadou in the Gambia says Sterling deserves to win it. He's been in top form and has contributed greatly in the success of Man City this season. 
Uh, so Sterling didn't take it, but he did uh, win the Football Writers Award. Uh, that was handed out on Monday. That one's voted for by journalists. Well, with such a great lineup, it's hard to choose between the contenders. And Arena Itwe Emi in Uganda gave his support to Liverpool striker from Senegal. Uh, to me, Sadio Mane has shown great improvement for his team this season, says Arena Itwe, helping his team to qualify for the Champions League semi-finals and enabling them to keep the pace in the Premier League title race. Alfred Bezai in Malawi says, I feel like Mane deserves the award. He's been a standout performer throughout the season. Abbe Iko Andorfel in Ghana adds his approval. Uh, to me, Mane's been fantastic. Looking at the way he's been playing, he really deserves it, says Abbe Iku. Lamine Yusufa Kale in the Gambia says, despite being a blues fan, with the wonders of Eden Hazard and his dribbling of the ball and dancing around defenders this time around, I would rather pick Sadio Mane because Mane has rescued Liverpool in lots of big matches, firing in important goals day in, day out, says Lamine. But Buba Saidi Khan in the Gambia believe the award should have gone to Chelsea's Belgian midfielder Eden Hazard, saying Hazard deserves it uh, despite the fact that the team is not getting the results. His performances are outstanding, says Buba. Omar Balde, also in the Gambia, agrees. Amadou Baji in the Gambia correctly called the eventual winner. I think Van Dijk deserves it, says Amadou. He has solidified Liverpool's defence. He's a leader and hard-working. Oya Dokun Kabir in Nigeria also chose Van Dyke, saying if he wins it, I'll be happy because defenders like him uh, scoring with their heads is not a common thing, says Oya Dokun. Musake Torai in the Gambia also went for Van Dyke, saying he's definitely helped and still helping Liverpool in achieving what they've done so far this season. So on that note, he definitely deserves it, says Musa. Malang Sambu, a Gambian living in Italy, also picked Van Dijk, saying he's playing a vital role for Liverpool in their bid for their first Premier League title in a long time, says Malang. Indeed, it was back in 1990 when Liverpool last won it, before the Premier League even existed in its uh, current format. Well, thanks to everyone who got in touch there. Apologies if we didn't get to read out your message, but uh, we did uh, add up all of the votes, and uh, Sadio Mane came top. Uh, 27% went for him. Raheem Sterling, 25 4%. Virgil van Dijk was popular with 22% of the votes. Eden Hazard, 9%. Uh, nobody voted for Sergio Aguero or for Bernardo Silva. Well, let's stay then with the English Premier League. Just two more rounds of matches to go now. Man City leading Liverpool by just a point. So if Man City win both remaining games, they are the champions. Uh, Liverpool are away to Newcastle on Saturday. Man City at home to Leicester on Sunday. Then they finish away to Brighton. Uh, so, Stuart, can Man City slip up in these two remaining games? I said two weeks ago that I thought the Manchester Derby was the key game in the title race. And with Manchester City beating United, they are firmly in the driving seat. Two games left, home to Leicester City and away to Brighton. And you would expect them to win both those. But then again, they did struggle to beat Burnley 1-0 last weekend, so who knows. Liverpool are away to Newcastle and at home to Wolves. Again, two games you'd expect them to win. But winning is not enough unless Manchester City drop points. And I'm afraid it all goes back to Liverpool's consecutive draws in January, February, home to Leicester and away to West Ham. Had they even won one of those games, they would be in control of the league title. I think too that Manchester City may have another advantage, as they just have those two league games to think about in the next two weeks, while Liverpool 
have played Barcelona with just two days to recover before the Newcastle game. And in between Newcastle and Wolves, they have a home tie with Barcelona in the Champions League. So all in all, the outcome does look like Manchester City being champions. But just talking about Liverpool, I must mention their 5-0 win over Huddersfield last weekend with Salah and Mane scoring two goals and Cater won. I don't suppose there has been a Premier League game in which African players scored five goals before. Manchester United really do look in crisis at the moment. And I mention this because, of course, they've got a big following in Africa. Remember when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was appointed and United won nine Premier League games in succession. They won two FA Cup ties and had that remarkable win in the Champions League in Paris against PSG. There was a great clamour for Solskjaer to be appointed on a permanent basis. Well, since he was appointed, it's all gone wrong. Incredibly, in United's last ten games in all competitions, they've lost seven of them and we're beginning to hear murmuring that they were too hasty in appointing a new manager. Liverpool in second place have a 21-point lead over Tottenham in third place, with Manchester United in sixth, 26 points behind Liverpool. This frankly shows the gap in quality between the top two and the rest. And indeed, what a strange set of results we've seen in the last month or so. Tottenham have lost six of their last ten league games. Chelsea have not won any of their last three. Arsenal have lost four of the last five. And Manchester United have won one of their last five league games. Is that the pressure? Or is it simply that these teams are not as good as perhaps we thought they were? Well, it's a good question and amazing statistics. And a Cardiff City still alive at the bottom, Stuart, but uh, hard to see them escaping relegation. The bottom of the table, Cardiff City are still fighting for survival. But four points behind Brighton, they need to beat Crystal Palace and Manchester United. But they also need Brighton, frankly, to lose both their remaining games. Not very likely. So I think Cardiff will be relegated. And we now know that Norwich City are promoted after three seasons down in the Championship. That's great for Norwich. But as with Cardiff City, I think there are real questions as to whether Norwich will have the quality to remain in the Premier League. Yes, we'll see. And uh, Sheffield United also getting automatic promotion to the Premier League. We'll see how they get on as well. Well, what a week in the UEFA Champions League. Many of us were blown away by the messy magic as Barcelona beat Liverpool 3-0 in the first leg of their semi-final at the Nou Camp. Uh, Tough this for Liverpool fans because they did play really well and the scoreline wasn't really a fair reflection of their effort. But uh, Suarez getting the first, Messi running on to get the second. And then the third goal also from Messi, a staggering free kick as he got it over the wall and into the top corner. Uh, That was just 
just uh, absolutely a wow moment and pure greatness uh, from Lionel Messi. Second leg on Tuesday, uh, really Liverpool will need a miracle at Anfield to turn it around. Uh, then on Wednesday, the second leg of the tie between Ajax and Tottenham. Ajax, another great away performance uh, in the first leg as they won 1-0 against Tottenham, who were not really at their best and Ajax looked to have a big chance of reaching the final. Well, just before we go, we're getting into transfer time soon as the European season comes to an end. There will be, no doubt, lots of big deals. And Stuart, there are questions about whether player agents are getting too much money. Some figures have just been released on the amount of money the 20 Premier League clubs paid to agents in the year ending 31 January 2019. The sum of money agents received is a staggering $339 million. Liverpool paid out the most, $56 million. They signed Naby Keita, Fabinho, Alisson and Shaqiri in that period. Chelsea, $34 million. Manchester City, 32 And Manchester United, $26 million. No surprise, really, that those four clubs topped the list, I suppose. And even relegated Huddersfield Town paid $6.5 million. And the lowest in the Premier League was Cardiff, $3.5 million. And the fees don't just cover transfers, but loans and even players signing new contracts. Thus, Tottenham Hotspur did not sign any players in that 12-month period, but they still paid $14 million to agents. It has become the norm for players to ask clubs to pay the agent direct in order to lessen their tax liability. But personally, I fail to understand why a club like Liverpool needs to pay such gigantic sums to an agent to persuade a player who already wants to sign for them and whose wages are being doubled. But for some reason, the clubs have accepted this cartel and continue to shell out, as I said, $339 million. That money could be used so much better. Well, huge amounts of money. That really is quite staggering. Thank you, Stuart. That's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare from Solomon Ashams in South Africa and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.